from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Daily Checkdown, brought to you by Talk It Out NC. Let's get it. The NBA play-in tournament wraps up tonight. 7 o'clock, it's the Bulls against the Heat. Heat culture at home, Joe. Winner takes the eighth spot in the East and will take on Milwaukee in the first round. Nightcap, 9.30. Thunder at Timberwolves. Winner will take on Denver as the eighth seed in the West. Are any of these first-round matchups tickling your fancy, Joe? All eyes will be on how the Lakers look. Like yeah. I can, I can feel. Lakers are the seven. They yeah. get Memphis the two. You know, John Morant, the the young star coming at the king. The the, the funny thing is, it, it it doesn't. This is about LeBron. How does he look? How the Lakers look more than anything else to me. And if they start to look good, or if LeBron looks like playoff LeBron, as we know he's capable of doing, mustering it. He's old. He's had his issues, but he still has it in him to muster some great performances. And we've seen sporadic instances of that this year. Well, they've been as good as anybody in the West since acquiring D'Angelo Russell. So to me, that's when the buzz really starts for this playoffs. If if the Lakers start looking like the Lakers again under LeBron James. Can they win the whole thing? No. Probably asking a lot. But I could see them getting out of the West. I mean, you keep telling me that the West has no monster. The West is wide open. The West is a little bit of a mess. Well, then why not the why not the tried and trusted LeBron James, man? We'll see. We'll see. That, so that's the part that intrigues me. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. The NBA is a funny place where you can talk about the actual games, and then you can talk about the stuff that's happening outside of the games. Um, sometimes it's really weird beef between players that most people don't know exist. Or if I tell you Kyle Kuzma and you go, isn't he the one who wears the shoes? Wasn't he the one that was with LeBron James for like a hot minute? Anyway. In the NBA, they're also obsessed with tanking. You know, Victor Wembenyama is the guy people want in this upcoming draft, and teams have positioned themselves in order to get him, get best cha- best cases to get him. So the NBA had a situation on its hand thanks to the Dallas Mavericks. In the last game of the year, the Mavericks, I'm sorry, the second to last game of the season, the Mavericks had Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, Max Kleber, and Christian Wood listed as inactive. They did start Luka Doncic, but then pulled him in the second quarter of that game, and that set a chain of events. I mean, they purposely did not want to win that game, and that ended up putting Chicago in the playoffs. That or the play-in tournament. In the play-in tournament, as a 10 seed. Yeah. A 10 seed. So the NBA has since come out and fined them $750,000 for what they described as conduct detrimental to the league. Quote, the Dallas Mavericks' decision to restrict key players from fully participating in an elimination game last Friday against Chicago undermined the integrity of our sport. The Mavericks' actions failed our fans and our league. That's been an ongoing issue both in terms of tanking and in terms of load management. I don't know what you can do about tanking because $750,000 is really nothing to Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. He'll cut that check. He probably has an uncashed check in the glove compartment of his car from one of the tequilas he owns. Yeah, okay? and, and again, the premise there was Dallas wasn't playing well with Kyrie and Luka Doncic. They had to trade away too many of their mm-hmm. assets. 
to get Kyrie. They really kind of broke up a team that had made the Western Conference Finals. Plus, Luka had not been playing at the level that we, we are used to seeing him at. But they're facing this will they stay, will he stay, will he go crisis down the road with Luka. And the question is, how do you keep him? Well, it, they let Brunson go to the Knicks, which was a mistake. And now they trade for Kyrie by giving up some other assets. So the one asset they do have right now is a potential top 10 pick. And by missing the play-in round, they in increase their odds of holding on to a top 10 pick. Which can be used either as yeah. the actual pick or in trade value to help build around Doncic now that he is getting to it's his fourth year of his mm -hmm. contract. So, Meanwhile, with the new collective bargaining agreement, they've put in uh, requirements for NBA awards. You know, like if you want to be in the MVP right. discussion, you have to play a minimum of 65 games. That's a way that they're trying to deter this this load management. Of course, the easy answer is to say, well, just don't play as many regular season games if you feel it's too much during the course of a season. But of course, that would be giving inventory back be giving money back and they're never going to do that so they're trying to find ways to incentivize the regular season like that play-in not the play-in tournament but an actual mid-season yeah, tournament the concept that has been floated around of, of guaranteeing a spot to the winner of that and there would also be a significant financial yes in, uh, incentive for the players these are good ideas by the way yeah. I, I want more of this kind of stuff during the course of the regular season uh, you can look at the English Premier League where they have these types of things take place in the middle of the year. Heck, you have these basketball. Who's who's to say that you don't take one of your basketball teams and go join some sort of basketball tournament somewhere else too? You know, like make it like UEFA for all I know. Bring in the NCAA champion while you're at it. Why not? That would be funny. I mean, at the rate things are going with NIL, they'll be just <laughs> they'll be as old, old as <laughs> some of, some look, of these of Look these at that NBA Oklahoma teams. City Thunder roster tonight, <laughs> man. Hey, young, young, babies, young team. Babies. Next up. One, two, three. Yeah, Joe, as you mentioned, $750,000 for a fine. Not that much. How about a $3 million fine? That's what Rory McIlroy is effectively facing for withdrawing from the RBC Heritage, which is one of the new PGA-designated events. McIlroy is required under the new uh, Player Impact Program mm -hmm. to play in a specific number of designated events. The RBC is one of them. Obviously, it happens right after the Masters, so it typically hasn't been an event that a lot of the premier players have gone and played in. McIlroy was owed $12 million as part of the Player Impact Program, but since he had already skipped the Century Tournament of Champions, he was not allowed to skip another event without losing some of the money that was coming to him. So effectively, it turns out to be a $3 million fine for McElroy. I mean, look, good on the PGA for doing what they said they were going to do to um, to make sure that these other events are being played by key players. Um, and they want more of their brand name players in the bigger, in, in not just yes. the big events, but something Event. like RBC Heritage. It's been around for a long time we, and that, and that's on the, a great course. And that's the funny thing, too. The RBC Heritage is down in, um, what is it? Uh, what's the place in South Carolina with the Hilton with the light with the lighthouse? Harbor, Thank you. Harbortown. Harbortown. Uh, I mean, it's an iconic, you know, lighthouse there. And, of course, I'm sitting here blanking on the name because it's Friday and <laughs> the pollen's getting to me, although the rain's been good. But then the pollen comes back out with the rain. I got brain fog. It is it is what it is. Regardless. That surprises me, and I guess that's, yeah, with the, the PGA Tour. But three mil. That'll do for, it. Even for those guys. That'll do it, man. You know? Three mil will that do it. That ain't 750. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll do it. That'll do it. Next up. And I don't even care 
Who number two is? Oh, another mock draft. Here we go. Oh, don't get me excited. Eight hours ago, we got Josh Edwards over at CBS Sports dropping a new mock draft. Five QBs taken in the first round. Packers had first pass catcher in round one since 2002. We've we've hit peak Hendon Hooker yeah, fever. We, we have. We're getting we that have. fifth, fifth QB in Look, there. I told you. <laughs> I told you. So, yeah, Bryce Young in this mock draft. The rumor that Houston is most interested in Bryce Young has been going around for a while. It is not crazy to think the Panthers knew before making the trade. And that information prompted them to move up the board. Or, 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 or have the Panthers been trying to play 40 chess. And by going up and moving up and telling everybody that we're going to take Bryce Young, that's got the Houston Texans thinking, well, wait a minute, that's our guy. Maybe we'll move up to get him, and the Panthers will move back to take whoever it is they feel like taking. Mm, that is some gamesmanship. So in this mock draft, we got C.J. Stroud going to Houston. All right, so who are the next quarterbacks? Here's the Indianapolis Colts taking Will Levis. All right, with the number four pick. And the number five pick, the Seattle Seahawks, taking Anthony Richardson. All right, so who's the fifth quarterback? All right, let's scroll, let's scroll, let's scroll, let's keep scrolling. And all of a sudden, there he is. Finally, Hendon Hooker, pick 23 to the Minnesota Vikings. It is still important for a franchise to get five years of control with Hendon Hooker, considering he is coming off a torn ACL. Minnesota restarts the financial clock at quarterback with the selection of Hooker. All right, I can see that. I can see that. Now, I want to go back to something we talked about with Bomani Jones in the last hour. If you missed any of that conversation, you can check it out on our YouTube page. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube and smash that subscribe button. If you're going to be bold... You wouldn't be bold in that you're taking the outlier of a small quarterback, a, a small-framed quarterback. It's not necessarily about height with Bryce Young. People point out that just frame-wise, his weight is the thing that would cause concern, and I completely understand where people are coming from on that. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. But Monty's argument is if you're going to be bold, you then take Anthony Richardson from Florida. That's the one that is the true scratch-off if you're going for some sort of outlier or for some sort of risk. Whereas I think everybody's in agreement, Joe, C.J. Stroud is the safe pick. For me, if you're if you're the Carolina Panthers and you're trying to win now, I don't see anything wrong with the safe pick. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I don't know if there's that big of a variance too. Like I, I do think Stroud, because of his size, because of what we've seen on tape, is the safest pick. I think you are making you're you're taking a risk with Young with his size because if you think about it, who who are we really going to compare Bryce Young to? Mm-hmm. It's not Russell Wilson. No, it's not. It's not Kyler Murray even either. I, I think you have to take a look at Tua Tagovailoa and what he's been able to do in the NFL and his availability. Again, the best availability is availability, and the, the Dolphins, while their offense showed a different gear. And Tunga Vailoa showed a growth this year in Mike McDaniel's system. You, he was not available for the playoffs. And if you're not going to be able to play in the playoffs, what good are you? 
you're not good to your team. And I'm not trying to say, oh, Bryce Young is to a tongue of Iowa, but if you look at the size, you look at the frame, yes, they both went to Alabama, but you look at the slight build and the problems that Tonga Vailoa has had staying on the field, it, it has to be one of those things you look at and go, can this guy be the exception? And I just I just don't know that I would be willing to trade everything that the Panthers traded to take a guy where there is this risk. Whereas I think you put Stroud 6'3", his size, his ability, you put him in that lineup, especially all the great moves they've made in the offseason. I think you're giving him the, a great chance, not only at success, but to be the best version of C.J. Stroud, which I still think can be a franchise quarterback. Meanwhile, Benjamin Albright, uh, who uh, posted something over at sportsnot.com. Benjamin Albright's been covering the league for a while now. He posted this rumor that the quarterback situation is getting interesting. Carolina, this is from him, Albright. Carolina's been openly tipping Bryce Young for over a week. There are those in the building that love him if they do take Young. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Houston Texans pass on a quarterback at two. Will Anderson comes into play, and then things get interesting. This actually backs up what Adam Schefter had, had said yesterday. Remember, these things, these games get played through the media, right? And, yes, it does seem like the Carolina Panthers are tipping Bryce Young right now for reasons, I guess. And if it's some sort of weird play with the Houston Texans, Adam Schefter put the kibosh on it yesterday when he popped up on ESPN was like, yeah, so you know what? Houston, Texas might not even take a quarterback. So put that in your pipe, Panthers. Seem, seemed awfully convenient. Yeah. The timing funny, of that. Funny how seemed that awfully out. convenient. Next up. Carolina Hurricanes are number one. They win the Metro again. That's three straight divisions for the Carolina Hurricanes. An incredible, incredible run so far for this franchise uh, that had sporadic postseason success, sporadic regular season success. And now that we can take a step back, now that the regular season is done, you can take a breather and recognize what the Carolina, Pan Carolina Hurricanes managed to do next. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. A lot of a lot of great content that you might have missed on 99.9 The Fan throughout the day. Whether it's from our show, you can check it out on, uh, you can check out the Adam Gold Show as well. Shorts, you know, dumb things that we did this week like the Office Masters. And who knows, a new Jillio meme might drop of Jillio falling on the ice. I only fell once today. I felt like a win. You did it with grace, too. It was a very dramatic... Yeah, it wasn't painful. And as I 
said to Dennis, it actually kind of felt nice on my back just being on that really hard service. That's cold. That's cold. Yeah, like we might have to get you a sheet of ice here at the radio station. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have you removed go from shirtless your... and just go on. either that or one of those cryo chambers? That's the other Ooh. option before you start the show. You just come out of the cryo chamber. I'll uh, skate the, on the ice. The Carol. <laughs> we have to. We're gonna have to discuss what Dennis did to the ice a little <laughs> bit later just on. Fired up. It's clean ice, man. Yeah. Again, I, I was a little <laughs> thrown off. Anyway. <laughs> Um, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Metro Division. They did it with a very interesting, interesting end of the game against the Florida Panthers last night. Adam Gold, Canes Corner Podcast. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. Good day, sunshine. All right, ladies and germs, I've got two minutes for my friends at Star Willis defending people the right way on how the Carolina Hurricanes got it done again in spite of themselves. I say that facetiously because you can't fake 113 points and the second straight division title in the Metropolitan Division. Let's remember this was the division the Hurricanes were never, ever, ever going to win. But two times in a row, Rod Brindamore's team has gotten it done. How did you do it? You guys, we got in that room. They just, you know, they, they're as honest as they come and they go out there and they earn their, their way every night. And that's what you see. I mean, that's the way we have to get it done. Um, top to bottom, doesn't matter who it is. They, you know, they just come to play. See, this is what's interesting about this team. For all of the goaltending mediocrity, and they're basically league average goaltending in terms of save percentage. They're just over 90%. That's about middle of the pack in the NHL. The power play is... And the goal scoring has obviously come and gone. They got six yesterday. That's cool. Two of them were the into the empty net, but they did get four yesterday. So they can score goals because you have the puck all the time. But ultimately, this team gets it done because of their work ethic, because of their attention to detail. And when they play that way, when they play a clean game, and they're not giving the puck away, and they're not allowing two very bad goals, they can beat anyone. Do they have challenges? Is it going to be daunting when you come up against a Rangers team or a Devils team with tons of offensive firepower? Yeah, it's going to be daunting, but they can win those games anyway. They can because of the way they play. If they can keep doing that, I'll give them a chance against anybody they play. We'll see how it shakes out. By the way, no guarantee you're going to beat the Islanders anyway. So let's attack the playoffs the same way this team does, with determination, with positive energy, with some uh, gumption. Yes, that's the word of the day, gumption. Look it up. I have, I have no idea what I'm talking about now. I have two minutes for my friends at Dysart Willis, high stakes litigation and defense. We're in, baby! Chill, chill, Gold. I mean, they were always in. I, I enjoyed... Adam dumping on the power play. Yes. And the goalies. Yes. Yet. Yet. Try to give us the sunshine. I know. I know. Like, I know. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. Yeah. Other than that. <laughs> right. 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 And that's, and that's, that's where we're at with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, <laughs> that was a great snapshot there. I enjoyed that <laughs> tremendously. Look, before we start worrying about the playoffs, let's take a step back and. I've been pointing this out all year. I've been pointing it out since the end of last season. The conversation around the Carolina Hurricanes is elevated. Yes. And that is a credit to Rod Brindamore. He, of course, is going to defer to the room. 
but he's the reason why the room is the way the room is, okay? But that's classic Rod Brindamore. He deserves his flowers for having turned this franchise around based on the culture he has instilled, what the expectations are. So in a way, and you take a breather, you go, man, for all the bitching we've done about the Carolina Hurricanes this year, they still won the division, right? We know their power play isn't great. We know their goaltending, as Adam pointed out correctly, is league average at best. And there are like moments last night where Freddie Anderson does things that make you go, dude, what are you doing? To the point where I'm ready to scream, do not let him start on Monday. Let Auntie Ronta start, okay? But that's a conversation that we can have on Monday. Well, let me take a step back and and with yeah, the injuries, you know, you never you never really had Max Patchy ready, and we understood how important he was supposed to be to this team this year. And then Andrei Svechnikov gets hurt after the trade deadline, so there's really no good way to replace that situation. And all that being said, they still found a way to win the Metro Division, and that's really really impressive. And nobody should take for granted what the Carolina Hurricanes have been able to do in the regular season the last five years, and really with back-to-back-to-back division championships, the weird Central, which was a just nonstop playoff-like game all the time because you kept seeing the same teams, and then the last two years. It's really impressive. So hats off to the Carolina Hurricanes. Enjoy, enjoy that the conversation and the expectations and how how we talk about the Canes have been elevated the last few years, and it's met with another Metro division title. That we, being said, we got the full Canes experience last night. We did. And you know, they're up 2-0, they're dominating the game, the puck possession, and again, it's it's Brent Burns on defense scoring, which, you know, the Canes lose Patrick, they lose Svechnikov, and really it has been the defense that's kind of picked up the slack for those guys. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, that's a very Roddian way to win, a Brindamorian way for mm-hmm. the Canes to win is to have all all of the helping hands on the deck, all the guys in the boat rowing the same way. But then you get to the third period, Florida mounts their comeback. Well, why does Florida mount their comeback? Because the goalie wasn't good enough. And that's not whinging, Joe. That's constructive criticism. It's also, it's also pointing out the reality of the situation of what playoff hockey is about. The truth of the matter is the Canes are built for the regular season, and they've been tremendously successful under Rod Brendamore during the regular season. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But... Once you get to the playoffs, your special teams and your goaltending ultimately are what will make the difference. Okay? Yes, we've seen Tampa Bay win with the best goalie in the world, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. Right? The Canes don't have that, so mm-hmm. you have to try to win a different way. Last year, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup with the type of collective effort, a 1 through 20, 23, that Rod Brindamore is looking for. Mm-hmm. So it, it is possible, mm-hmm. but that also requires your best players being your best players. And that also gets us to when are your best players going to be your best players? Normally on the man advantage. That's 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 their true time to rack up the the goals and the points and yet, that we would love to see a Sebastian Ajo. And and not having Andrei Svechnikov is is no doubt a negative. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I do wonder though in the playoffs if this isn't a chance. You have to take every situation as a learning situation. This is a chance for Andre Svechnikov to watch the playoffs and realize, okay, have I been helping my team or have I been hurting my team? And while his scoring touch may have been elusive, there's no doubt that the physical nature that he plays with is is a positive for the Canes. However, Mm -hmm. when you're in the penalty box, as often as Andre Svechnikov is in the playoffs, 
some of them real, some of them fake, but they're all called. So you can't, there's nothing, speaking of whinging, there's nothing you can do about it when they send you off other than try to kill off those penalties. Kane's penalty, there's nothing wrong necessarily with the Canes penalty kill. It's they can't keep up with the other team's power play, if that makes any sense. It's the same premise with the goaltending. You League league average goaltending is fine, but the problem is when what you see in the playoffs is the top shelf, mm-hmm. and they have not gotten commensurate goaltending to their opponents. And that's why the last two years they've been eliminated. Last year, in particular, in a round that they sh- and in a round and to a team they absolutely should not have lost to. And yet, the matchups could actually play out in Carolina's favor. It could. The way that they play versus the way the Islanders play has been uh, very f- favorable to the Carolina Hurricanes this regular season, and I expect them to beat the Islanders in the first round. It's and that, they're not alone. They're the betting favorite. It's, two to one favorite in the. It's the Devils Rangers series, and what that produces is going to be interesting. And it, look, we talk about bracket luck all the time in the yep. NCAA tournament. We'll, we'll see if the Canes and Rod Brendamore are NC State, or we'll see if they're Carolina and Duke, look, man. and they get a little bit of a break. I do. I agree with you. Getting the Islanders in the first round is a break. It's a break for them, and then and with now the if, Devils and the Rangers, you basically hope it goes into meme mode, and it's like the you know like the Godzilla movies. Let them fight. Yeah, let the, them fight. The Devils are actually a slight favorite in that series, and I think the Canes match up just fine mm-hmm. with the Devils. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.